Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to We Are the Batman. My name is Mike. And this is Matthew. So, uh, things have happened. You guys have probably noticed at some point in the last 24 hours at a bunch of our episodes, uh, vamoosed uh, from your apps. Um, we put up a, I put up a brief statement just giving a, a bullet point, less than a minute, of why. Um, things have changed since that happened. Uh, because as always with situations like, like these major strikes, uh, information is always fluid and always changing. I mean, just in the last 24 hours at the time that we're recording this, there's been conflicting reports about them sitting down at the table again. So, um, so we're going to, Matt and I are going to just give a, a bit more of an, uh, not, not in depth, but just a more detailed explanation as to what's going on, what changed and, and what we're doing going forward. Um, to to sum up the summary, uh, I got uh, <laughs> I got really uncomfortable about some language in the uh, the the info from SAG about what does and does not constitute uh, violating the strike or the spirit of the strike in terms of podcasters' reaction and review content. As somebody that uh, has aspirations to join SAG or the WGA someday in the future. Uh, uh, I opted to err on the side of caution and uh, pull back from some stuff and and take some stuff down until we can get some clarity. Um, and we were already in the process of setting up a backup plan for how to go forward. We had our nuclear option ready. We were ready to turn both keys and and uh, you know and 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 do that. But some information's come out since then to where that's probably not going to be a problem. Yeah, um, it, it's 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 always difficult. This is where I push back is like a union supposed to help people. And I appreciate that they are doing what they need to do to help their actors. But in doing so, in my personal opinion, I think they're starting to isolate people who are not part of the union or potentially would want to. So Mike was worried. I read the stuff and was like, bro, for you, because I know this is important to you, not trying to downplay SAG's importance, but I my, I would be more apathetic if I wasn't more, if I wasn't so lethargic, but, uh, <laughs> but my point is, is that I was like, let me read this. I read it. And I was like, dude, I think for now let's pull it until we get clarification because I'm also one of those guys that when things go bad, they go bad harsh. And yeah, I was like, yeah, let's pull it. Let's get clarification. And I think we have enough clarification that we are going to move forward. Those things will come. Those couple episodes will come back. And luckily, uh, this is not going to affect anything else. Yeah, we we just we, we pulled, uh, you know, I, I spoke to a, a mutual friend of ours uh, who is in kind of the same uh, realm, realm circles of the Internet as us in terms of the what what this person does uh, for a living, creating uh, content focused around Hollywood. Uh, especially superhero stuff um, who is a SAG member, but is, is able to continue to put out content in a certain way. And uh, in, in speaking with that person, we were, we were assured that uh, I was assured um, in, in, in more words than I'm going to use um, Mike, who the hell are you? Like, like, honestly, who the hell are you? <laughs> Uh, they, they, Mike, do not care about you. They do not know who you are. You are not a grain of sand on a blip on a radar. Go do your podcast, dude. <laughs> so, um, so it, that's where we're at. Is we're we're gonna get back into doing things. So originally, uh, uh, this week's episode was meant to be our Blue Beetle review, and then we were like. Oh, maybe we i don't know and, and and now we're now we're in a place where it's like no we're still gonna do the blue beetle review we're, we're we're just gonna go back to business as usual um yeah because ultimately at the end of the day who am i and i have aspirations to join sag and wga realistically i know that with each passing day those chances get smaller so at the, I, I love this show. I love doing this show with my friend, Matt, and I want to continue doing this show with my friend, Matt. So we're just, we're going to do the show. So, uh, apologies for the confusion, uh, apologies for the, 
uh, what the hell is going on? Why is why are things disappearing and coming back? Uh, if you're missing some episodes, just give it a day or two for everything to repopulate, and you should have it there. And uh, we're 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 back in business, and you never know, you never even knew we weren't. So yeah. And it'll be fine, and hopefully this will get resolved, and we don't have to pussyfoot around this kind of nonsense. <laughs> well, and I mean, look, worst case scenario, ultimately, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I to don't me, get to join nothing. a union out in Hollywood. Yeah. But I, I, okay. Like, that's yeah. in the grand scheme of life, not the worst thing that could happen. So. With that being said, uh, thank you guys for putting up with our bullshit and uh, enjoy enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are the Batman. I'm Mike, and this is Matthew. All right, today we are doing our Blue Beetle review. The day is finally here. Um, can't believe we live in a world now where a Blue Beetle movie has come out in theaters. When you consider this movie was originally supposed to hit uh, HBO Max as a, a alongside Batgirl when it was first announced. Uh, what a what a way things have changed since then. Suffice to say, uh, in a lot of different ways, uh, Blue Beetle is, of course, uh, directed by uh, apologies. I'm going to I'm going to brutal, uh, brutally mispronounce this name. Uh, uh, Angel Manuel Soto, I'm assuming. There's a, little, there's, a little, there's a little thing over the A in Angel, and I'm not sure, but um, I'd like uh, to say I could pronounce it better given that I'm half Mexican, but I don't think I can. That's, that's so funny. Uh, then we've got uh, starring, uh, is it is it Jolo? Is that how it's pronounced? Zolo. Huh? Zolo. Zolo. Okay. Zolo. Uh, uh, Mar- I'm going to put this on the big screen so I can actually read it. Uh, Mariduena. <laughs> Thank you, Adriana Barraza, (laughs) Damian Alcazar, Raul Max Trujillo, Susan Sarandon, and George Lopez. Uh, God bless Susan Sarandon for having a really basic name. Uh, Because there are some there are some you some you white actors out there, Taron Edgerton um, and and Anson Mount, that your names are extra. Uh, (laughs) This is this is the uh, one of the final projects that was uh, under construction under the previous DCEU warner brothers dc heads uh this along with i think aquaman and the last kingdom is the last is the are the last two shreds of the old guard however uh james gunn has confirmed that this blue beetle will is is a part of his dcu so as kind of the uh de facto first entry into our into our future with the dcu matt how did this one fare for you I thought it was really, really good. I was really entertained. There wasn't any strikingly obvious, stupid, logical decisions. You know, the, everything made sense, followed through. There was because that's I think that's been the biggest problem I've had with a lot of the more recent DC films is like, like it just doesn't make any sense. Like mm. Black Black Adam, no sense. Mm. Like, did you just have these moments where you're like that? that doesn't track in any way, shape or form. Someone did their homework on this and everything tracks much better. You know, cause I think for me, everything should track for the hero. The villains are there. Just get their asses whooped. I don't care mm-hmm. if it tracks for the villains because <laughs> some doesn't make sense for the main physical bad, but mm-hmm. ultimately I thought like it all comes together. It's a well-paced story, well-written story. There's a lot of heart with the family. The special effects are on point. His costume looked phenomenal. Um, mm. And I think I, a I lot of the... I can't get over how good the costume looks, too. Yes. <laughs> well, and I think, too, is like the decision to take him from El Paso, Texas, which is a shithole and would be not somatic. Matthew lives in Texas. He's allowed to say that, folks. <laughs> and I have family there, and I keep telling them to move out of the desert, but whatever. <laughs> To make this Palermo city, this made-up city, so he has his own Gotham. Now you've got all the Blue Beetles in their own Gotham, their own city, I think is a perfect idea and the best way to represent this new world uh, of these characters. And it may not be that he, you know, he might have been made under the old guard, but I think I said it a long time ago. We don't know how long Gunn has been around. 
I'm willing to put money on the fact that he there is some fingerprints of his on this project. Well, it, it, if they if they are, um, it was invisible because because he's not even credited because James Gunn's not even credited in the movie because because he because this movie because he's got no credits on this movie. So as far as officially goes, he had nothing to do with it. Now, as far as what went on behind the scenes. I think it's entirely possible he visited the set. Made, well, because I don't, I don't know when did they actually start shooting this thing. Uh, it hasn't wasn't started, that long ago. Uh, it was May of last year. Yeah. So think about that. They turned this thing out in a little over a year. Mm-hmm. That is impressive. That is honestly impressive to turn out a movie, a movie of this scale, of this caliber. Well, know. this is when you're not overly using CGI that kind of thing is possible <laughs> a lot of because because we saw the set photos that got got quote unquote leaked and that suit is like almost all real yeah i mean when it goes on it's digital but once he's yeah. in it it's real but even parts of that are probably just practical with 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 you know just cgi to clean it up a little bit like that that suit I, I we said it with every trailer reaction. I've already said it like twice in this in this in this recording. The Blue Beetle suit in this movie rocks. They that is that is a that is a character design that could have gone real weird real fast. And they man, they made it work. And they also did a really good job of making sure the suit didn't just turn Jaime into DC Iron Man. Correct. And could have done that. And it doesn't look like any of the other suits from the DCU DCFU, because most of those shoots have been trash. Uh, (laughs) I liked the bat suit in BVS and justice league. Yeah. The, the, The flash. Michael Keaton's look great. Uh, so um, yeah, but no, I think that they when you when you're not relying so much on special effects, when you obviously have a house location, you have these cities locations, these building locations, it's you your budget's lower, your shooting's faster, you're not having to take the thing, and then post production is so much quicker because they're you know you do those previs so that you know what's going to happen and how to shoot things i mean look at the first x-men movie the first x-men movie they finished filming that thing in like february and it was out that summer and it doesn't have a ton of special effects but no it had enough that like how the heck did they do that in five months you know i mean honestly i think i think mystique transforming and um probably stuff with storm would have been the majority of it storm the laser blast but it's but when you use practical in like look he does the, the cyclops does his eye, eye blast cool yeah. that's digital but they had lights on set that went red yeah that's why i think i think uh you know in 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 talking in how cg is developed like when you look at lightsabers in star wars the last few years how it seems like they've gotten a lot better at choreographing those those fights and and doing the uh the, making those look a bit more I don't want to say realistic but just authentic is because now you've got things like the uh, those those competition lightsabers that those companies make where you can get the customized hilts and stuff like that that are really cool and they cost like $700 um, not all of they, them I have three <laughs> I, w- I want one I want one so bad but they make those ones that people take to actual like you know the 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 the, the, the combat contests you know it's all it's it's like martial it's like martial arts fighting but with but with these these lightsabers and they can use those on set to help so that when you're doing CGI glowing lights, like with Cyclops, it doesn't look quite as fake. Yeah. Um, and and uh, Kevin McElwain is the one who supervised all the visual effects on this movie, uh, who also worked on Aquaman and the, and the Suicide Squad. So regardless of what you think of those movies, I mean, Aquaman CGI, those undersea effects were stellar. Yeah. The, the the tiny movements in the hair and things like that so to have that guy uh, work on blue every time that the blue beetle suit came on to jaime first of all it looked painful oh yeah um and everything with like how his clothes because it, it would disintegrate his clothes every time and i i, I love that 
joke in the movie is fantastic. Um, every time it did that and shredded his clothes, like it was done. It never looked like he was shrugging off of some CG clothes. Like in, in, in she Hulk, whenever her clothes were CG because of the transformation, the clo- clothes don't look good in CGI digital, yeah. digital clothes, walk the line of the uncanny Valley. Um, so the, the CGI work they did in this with him transforming was, was absolutely seamless and, and, so well done and none of that is a works at all if you don't have great talent in place and yeah. aside like even the dude who was the the omac guy i don't know why his name is escaping me raul max trujillo yeah he wasn't terrible that he just didn't have shit to do you know what i mean i mean the guy had two lines of dialogue the yeah. whole movie yeah but i think that dude playing jaime jolo zolo whatever his name is fantastic i don't watch cobra kai so i've never I, seen him before i watched the first few episodes and, and wasn't into it but it was it wasn't a problem with anybody it, i just was i'm not a karate kid guy yeah, so same but but he was so good so yeah. and a lot of the other cast is getting a lot of talk we're gonna talk about all of them but i, not, I think i think not enough people are talking about so he was so good as i in this he this is one of those performances where i'm like I'm hoping this springboards him for multiple different reasons. Being half Mexican, it'd be nice to see a Mexican lead of anything besides the the jokester. But (laughs) I I think that would be, I mean, he, he, he's got the looks, he's got the build, he's young, but I I thought he did great. I mean, I'm most of my, this version of blue beetle, at least most of my knowledge of him is from the young justice cartoon. Yeah. at surface. Mine is surface level at best. And, he but i thought he was fantastic i yeah totally everything they were doing you're right the rest of the cast is is on board there was no problem i have a a soft spot for susan sarandon for reasons that we don't need to discuss on a comic she is book still podcast. she is still smoking hot she i'll say it she is still she is a stone cold fox man she is like when when his sister has that line of there is something weirdly sexy about her confidence in herself and i'm like yeah it ain't weird it's just sexy it's just susan sarandon's a babe okay to this day (laughs) look when when you when you bag uh tim robbins and chris sarandon in one lifetime you know you've done right you know you got it man and you know it's very obvious that that zolo got this from from cobra kai's massive success yeah, I think I, th- I think the lowest score any season of Cobra Kai has on Rotten Tomatoes is ninety eight percent. I think two or three of their seasons have a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it, it, it people are nuts for that. For, for and specifically for him as Miguel in the show, um, he because because the way Jaime is written and just kind of the way Jaime the character is, that is a character that can get annoying and and. St- stupid if it's not handled correctly with deft yeah. hands you've got to you if you're going to be that kind of dumb you've got to be charming as hell yeah and and zolo is is oozing charisma uh he is a charming young man and and i as much as you want to kind of root root against him a little bit because he's such a dumbass he is a he's a dumbass with a heart of gold and zolo sells it man yeah there's there's a couple moments there i was like i really feel like you should be happy with flying instead of freaking out but maybe it's just because i'm not in there yeah but but no i thought he was outstanding i think the rest of the cast did an amazing job there's nothing i think everybody put it on the table nothing's left to like uh you know i i heard somebody make a comment that the mom doesn't get a lot to do and i was like it's fine like where's where the first movie relax she doesn't but what she does get to do is very good when she has that that hug with jaime when he gets back on the ship towards the end is very good i liked his i i thought everything with his even george lopez everything with his family in this movie like i, I don't know if you watched ms marvel uh yes you did all the stuff about ms marvel that i loved about her family and community and culture stuff were also equally my favorite parts of blue beetle so much that this movie clocks beginning to end 
as uh, two hours, seven minutes, including credits. Yeah. It, it, it clips too. Like it never yeah. feels rushed. It, it, it is, it is paced. It is paced beautifully. I would have loved an extra 10 minutes in this movie of just their community. Yeah. Cause like, like my favorite stuff in Ms. Marvel was like when they went to the Eid celebration and you see the Illuminantes and the guy with the food truck and, and the vendors and all that. And lo- you were learning things about this culture that a middle-class white dude isn't going to know anything about. I would have loved more of that with their community there in blue beetle because like at the end they all kind of come together and are helping them at the end when the house gets gets blown to shit and all that and that was nice i loved that i wanted more of that throughout the movie like in retrospect when i got to the end i was like i wish we'd gotten to do more of this like scene the like instead of them going out to dinner as like 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 they go home and the communities have the, the whole little blocks having a barbecue because Jaime graduated from and I had to, I had to confer I looked this up to confirm it because I thought I thought I thought so from Gotham Law University it's the sweater he's wearing very nice I I wasn't sure I thought maybe I'd seen it wrong and so I, I looked it up to be sure so I would have I would have liked more of that community and culture stuff I liked what we got I wanted more of it though and well, they they had the wiggle room as far as timing goes even though again I know this was originally made to go on HBO max. So no, I, I I like that a lot. I'm usually the one, you know, I'm, I, I said it earlier and you know, I've lightly discussed I'm half Mexican, Yeah. but my father, it sounds weird to say, didn't raise me Mexican, but we did not get raised within his family. We always lived in a different city. He, there were certain things he did in his life to, that he felt he needed to do to kind of shed some of that off. There wasn't a lot of like, tradition and stuff like correct that. we didn't i didn't grow up speaking spanish we didn't do that we went when we went back to his family's house he spoke it but all i have to say like there's some things where i look at this and go well that's not every Mexican family but then i think about when i go home to my grandparents house and go mm-hmm. like no all that stuff would happen yeah yeah <laughs> you just did yeah all that stuff does happen in a in, in a mex in a not even just a latino family just didn't happen in yours yeah by, by all by all accounts you didn't grow up in a, in a traditional yeah uh, a latin home so even though having that moment of like man your uncle never my uncle did live in my room for about a year that did happen. yeah okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> or like stuff like that where you're just like yeah so that there was a lot of that that i really liked that i usually because there's sometimes i watch shows and i'm like yeah. all right you're going too much with it like too over the top but i think they did a nice median I liked the perspective they had. I think it really works. And I, um, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I'm, I would like to see the next Latino superhero just be Latino and not come from that to kind of mm-hmm. give the equal balance, you know, but well, that's why, that's why you do this is you get, you get a character who's got like, like Ms. Marvel, you you get a character who's got, where like that's part of her identity that culture thing is part of her identity both as a person and as a superhero and so blue beetle kind of gives you an easy way into that with jaime reyes especially because again you know jaime reyes while it's probably the blue beetle people are most familiar with because of you know his existence in the kids shows he's still not wildly popular Correct. So if you, if you if you fudge the origin a little bit, you're not going to make as many people angry as if you fudge the origin of a Batman or a Superman. It, speaking of that, I had this moment we're watching the movie and Rosalind, my five year old, like the first time the lady, whatever her name is, the, the girl finds the beetle, the little scarab, and she yeah. tells my wife, look, it's the blue beetle. And starts telling her things that I'm like, how the crap does she? And I was like, Batman Brave and Justice, Batman Brave and the Bold. Yeah, she watched Batman Brave and the Bold and remembers him from that show. And it was just so funny that she just like she was telling my wife about the character. And I was like, it's so interesting to think like (laughs) way to be on the on the on the other end of that conversation isn't that when that's that's yeah. unusual usually i'm you're like wow is that what i sound like <laughs> yes because i also had a moment when they first get into the blue beetle cave which was amazing yeah. 
And, dope. We're going to get into the sets and stuff in a minute, but the yeah. Blue Beetle game was dope as hell. Well, I, I remember I leaned over and I'm like, Dark Owl from Watchmen is based on Blue Beetle. I'll tell you guys later. And Owlman, yeah. Oh, yeah. What did I say? You said Dark, Dark Owl. Owl. I thought it was Owl. No, Owl Man. Owl, night, whatever Owl. night Owl. Night Owl. Night Owl. Whatever his night name Owl. is. Yeah. Night, night Owl. Owl. Is Owl Man, Owl Man is Owl Man's from Crisis on Two Earths. Yeah. Anyway, so then when we went to dinner, I explained the whole Charleston and da 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 da. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I thought acting's on point. All the casting was there. Like, what I would like more the, out of Omac, yes. But at the same time, like, you only have so much time. Omac's not exactly a deep character, anyway. Um, they, he was deeper in the movie than he is in the comics. Uh, the only person in this movie. I'm lukewarm about. Oh, I want to know it's the same one. Is uh, uh, and I feel bad. I genuinely feel bad. Is um, Bruna Mar- Marquezine who played Jenny? Yes. Who played Ted's daughter? I I feel like she was making a telenovela. I feel like she was making a TV movie from the '90s. I feel like she was making a movie that was going to go to streaming only. And then they got told halfway through, no, it's going to theaters and she didn't change her acting style. I think she was fine. I think she was perfectly serviceable in this movie. There were a few times where I was like, "Mm, that was the first take. Yeah, I there's one thing that I'm very curious about with this movie. And that's this. And I don't know because I didn't really follow it. Mm-hmm. What changed after they decided to go theatrical? Because from what I heard, they waited till halfway through production yeah. before they found out that's what they were going to do. Yeah, I, I've been trying to do some research to try to figure out some timelines. From what from what I can figure out, it was either halfway into filming or it was like six months before filming. I, I can't. I haven't been able to quite figure out where it, where, where the, I, I, I know when the announcement came, but I haven't been able to quite figure out where as it far has as to be halfway goes. through, because I remember when the first pictures came out, we knew it was going to be on max point is, was she cast before or after <laughs> because, it's, it, well, it's, it's hard to say you would assume they would have cast her before they started shooting and they started shooting in, in the summer of 2022. So, um, yeah. My my point is is like, did they get her? Then when they decide to go theatrical, they give them more money and they get better actors for other parts that haven't been filmed. Like, because I don't remember George Lopez being attached to this thing at all. Uh oh. Okay. Oh, I found it. I found it. Okay. So they found out they were going to go theatrical in December of twenty. Okay, it was announced in December of twenty twenty one they were going theatrical instead of on hbo max so that was that was six months before they started shooting okay so they knew it yeah so but honestly and here's the thing it was announced december of 2021 they probably knew before then but waited to make that knowledge public okay okay because a month because a month after that is when um um the director and his cinematographer uh uh, started uh, location scouting. Okay. I found it in the Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So here's my other, this is where I get reverse racist here. <laughs> okay. Oh God. Okay. Is this remind, like there's zero reason for that character to be Latina. Oh, Ted Cord's daughter. Yeah. Zero reason. There's only one reason you, there's two reasons you do that. Number one, okay. So you don't have to deal with the language barrier. It's true. Which I'm as a production makes sense too. This is where I get annoyed is did you do it because you didn't want to have a mixed relationship in the movie? And I don't think it was that yeah. because, be, be, because she's already the child of a mixed relationship because in the picture, Ted's a white guy. Correct. I know. But in the comic, he ain't, I don't even think he's married. Or, or oh, Victoria is his I, wife, if memory serves correctly. I'll, 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 I'll look. But, but that's but, my but, thing. Is that's my only well, kind of like. Eh. Here's why I think it makes. Here's why I think it makes sense narratively as far as this this movie goes, is just because of where he was living. Yes, he was living in in a in an area with uh, with a high Mexican population. So, you know, 
the the numbers were in favor of him meeting someone latina meeting a latina woman and and marrying her i i i went to high school in a predominantly black black neighborhood it's it's a it's honestly shocking that my first girlfriend wasn't black uh <laughs> most of the most of the girls in my school were black yeah um honestly maybe it says something about me the fact that i didn't i don't know <laughs> but um no i i honestly that that wasn't that big of a stretch for me to be to be totally fair and it it, it also does again it so i so knowing when this thing wasn't when it was decided it would go to max or street uh, theaters instead of streaming i wonder if they just I wonder where they were at as far as the script goes. Yeah. With that then. So like was there all like is is did they just did they shoot an HBO Max script with a theater release budget? You know what I mean? Like like was this the same script they were working off of when they were going to go streaming only or did or was this like I don't I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. We live in a world now where our our movie studios are putting out TV movies the same way they're putting out theatrical movies. So it's it's not it's not something I'm used to dealing with. Um but all all of this to say, I didn't think she was bad. There were just a few times where I was like, mm, not my favorite line read, and it was usually from her. And I think just I think sometimes the uh the girl playing jenny was a little dramatic for my taste well and i think Uh, that's that whole like if the love interest isn't a major part of most of the story and this girl is not per se i think you end up with the let's just get the girl that looks the best and put her in the part and everybody else will make up for it but that's my thing i I just kind of felt like it just in a production standpoint it does make sense for her to be latina but i just was like you know (laughs) Well, and she—I'll take your explanation. Yeah. Well, and she's she's had—it's not like she's new. She's had uh, she's worked a lot, just not in American media. She's worked a lot in uh, a lot of Hispanic uh, properties and things like that. You know, she she comes from that style of acting. She's a television actress, a television and theater actress. Doesn't always translate the same. That 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 it's. Acting on acting for the small screen versus the big screen, there there's enough of a difference that it can be noticeable. There are things you forgive with acting on TV that you might not forgive uh, on the big screen. But again, that, but again, my biggest criticism of her is just that sometimes she wasn't my favorite person on screen. But also, when you're sharing the screen with George Lopez and a minigun toting Nana. Um, it's hard. It's hard to be yeah. anyone's favorite part of a scene when they're when they're there. I want Nana's origin movie right now. I want to know what Nana was doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I expected to walk out of this loving George Lopez more than anybody else. I walked out of this loving Nana. Yeah, uh, Nana. Nana was fantastic. Unexpected. Like halfway through the movie, we're like, oh wait, Nana's actually going to do something. I like it. Very, very cool. Um, I almost wish that wasn't in the trailer. Yeah. Because they yeah. showed it in like in like the second or third trailer. And now seeing it in the movie, I'm like, oh, I wish this wasn't in the trailer. What a reveal this would have been. Yeah. Um, I thought George Lopez is good. He's always good. Yeah. Um, he actually he I was worried he was because like I love I love Michael Pena in the Ant-Man movies the two, even though he wasn't in the third one for some reason no. and his his shtick is incredible I love that yeah. that's a character that if you're not careful kind of like we were talking about with Jaime earlier that's a character that can get annoying really easily and George Lopez is enough of a big personality that it would have been really easy for him to uh, to steal scenes in a bad way like take away yeah from stuff or just feel out of place i was genuinely impressed with how well george lopez fit into this movie no i I was genuinely impressed no he did he did a really good job he didn't he wasn't over the top where i was like he did enough of that borderline craziness to be entertaining i liked his kind of weird you know black helicopter conspiracy stuff um and i thought he was really good the dad was outstanding to the de- I okay now I want to I, I cried quite hard at certain <laughs> scenes in this movie, but 
in full disclosure, I had gone to a funeral the day before (laughs) where I had given a eulogy. So I was already like, like, like at 50% HP, my shields were down. Um, So, but when it's that, when it went, but I also, you know, I love, I am also like, you know, I'm, I'm, my dad died years ago as well. So I was doomed no matter what. Correct. Because, because, because my, my dad, uh, died before black panther came out and and when he goes to the the ancestral plane and sees his dad in black panther i was already just like "Ah!" and you know so when he's visiting his dad hallucinating his dad whatever i I honestly don't know what's happening in that scene but i kind of don't care um i was sobbing in the theater uh but it was also very well acted and very well written the dad was great yeah all of all of it was great i think you know in a movie like this, especially we've seen this in the past like year, two years of comic book films. It's yeah. so easy just to default to we've got a cool story, cool action. Let's just scrub the rest and not worry about it to see this flip that around and really get into like, we got to make all these characters good. We got to make you care about these characters so that the characters continue the story. I thought was fantastic. They um they made sure that the story came first because ultimately it's a pretty simple movie. Like there's not there's not too many moving pieces and parts as far as 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 what this movie's trying to achieve. It's not trying to carry the weight of a uni- of a cinematic universe. It's not trying to put things in motion or set anything up. It's just trying to be a good blue beetle comic book come to life. Yeah. And it, 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 it's not a super particularly deep plot. It's, I dare say the story itself is fairly surface level, but it's just executed so goddamn well. It's like when somebody makes a, a, a grilled cheese sandwich that just blows your mind yeah it's bread with butter and cheese but something they did it's just executed in just the right way the right bread or the right cheese i'm really hungry by the way i haven't i didn't eat lunch and i'm starving we're recording this at six o'clock um i i i i'm just i'm very impressed with how how much they pulled off while seemingly using quite little yeah no, I, I, I agree. And I think it's, uh, it's just, yeah, I was, I was very impressed. I, I, I was very worried going in that I, my complaints are, are nitpicks at yeah. best. And I music was great. The, the, the music was excellent. The, the going to kickstart my heart when the, <laughs> the beetle climbs up and does all the farts and everything like that. Everything in this was great. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't talk about like the action. The action sequences are 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 incredible. Yes. The the especially again the, that suit man the stuff and and I played the Injustice video games and Injustice Two has Jaime Jaime Blue Beetle in it and he's easily my favorite character to fight with in that game because the stuff the crazy stuff his moves do is great and there's a lot of stuff in this movie where I'm like ah that's that's from the game like they they recreated the game like that's. Yeah that's cool um and then when he creates the the anime buster sword yeah <laughs> which we knew from the first trailer but seeing it in context on a big screen i was just like oh yeah daddy like <laughs> no it was i thought all the action was really well done i thought like it's so easy just to do the cheesy now i'm flying now i can fight now i can do this i do like that they got Beyond just martial arts, he did kind of do some capoeira kind of stuff, which is very um, Central America, South America, South America kind of fighting style. So like stuff like that, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm glad we're we're getting into these different things. Um, so yeah, I thought all of it was really cool. The even when the family gets involved and they're in the action, and the sisters using that power glove that gives her like the the super punch and the shield. I mean, all of that stuff I thought was really cool. I thought they they did a good enough job bringing in the previous Blue Beetle stuff and not to the point where they were like, oh, nothing can happen to him and having him come in there and just really wreck stuff with his powers himself. Mm. 
I'm, I, I love that they, um, they made Ted Cord seem like, cause first of all, I love how much of a character Ted Cord is in this movie without actually being in this movie. Yes. Um, it, it's really quite impressive how they did that. Um, I love how they basically made Ted Cord's blue beetle out to be like Batman with a budget. <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's it's batman but he has to track his finances on an excel spreadsheet like it's he's because literally it's like there's no way he didn't make that glove out of an actual power glove yeah <laughs> there's no there's no way he didn't see a power glove on like on like a store at a, at a salvation army and go hey now <laughs> it just everything looked so just uh just just Good, good, but not great. <laughs> um, and which is where, because because even Jaime says it's like, I mean, it's it's cool because it, you know, it it kind of looks like Batman stuff. And keep in mind, Jaime just got done studying in Gotham, so he's probably seen Batman. whatever this version of Batman's going to look like. Um, but just yeah, that because there was always that comparison of Ted Cord Blue Beetle to Batman. It's like. He was people saw him as he was Batman with a sense of humor. He was he was Batman, you know, who who would go outside during the day. But he's also Batman without the financial backing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, which is weird when he considered that he owns Cord Industries. But it's like he was just it was he wasn't using the money right. I guess I don't know. Or he just he didn't have he didn't have the I don't know. It's it's weird. But just yeah, he does seem like discount Batman. But it's almost on purpose. Yeah, he's not quite the loner trying to change the world. He's doing it for the fun. Yeah, he's he's rock he's rocking an iPhone SE while the rest of us are rocking iPhone 14s or something. You know, yeah. he's got the he, he's got a he's he's got the uh, he's got the old crappy beige computer, but it still connects to the internet. So he doesn't really he's not gonna yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what else we can say, man. This movie's this movie's really good. I I. I from top down direction, writing, acting, production, design, music, um, casting, performance, everything. I mean, just what a well-made movie. What a what an absolutely uh, refreshing, heartwarming um, sigh of relief as far as DC films go with man like this is one that's just good. It's not like Black Adam where everyone's going to be split. It's not going to be like The Flash where it's surrounded by controversy. This is just a good movie starring good dudes and good people just just having a good time. And I, I'm not kidding when I say I cannot wait to watch Blue Beetle again. I guess. Uh, this will be one of those that I think is going to definitely be in rotation at the house with the kids. They, they, my, my 11 year old, my five year old had a blast with it. The only thing that my wife kind of had an issue and I can kind of see is like, there's more language here than usually is in a superhero film. A little bit. And, and there was like two or three innuendo moments. Like he kisses a girl and then he holds his crotch when he gets up and you're like, all right, we really didn't need you to do that. In innuendo, George Lopez straight up refers to his chorizo when he, yes. when, he, when, he when the suit goes away and he's laying there naked. I laughed so hard. Yeah. Oh, I was I, laughing. Uh, I thought I was going to throw up. I laughed so hard. I didn't need to see your huevos. Oh, yeah. wow. I, I was dead. I was, I'm so glad I finished my popcorn by that point. I was done <laughs> yeah. so that that was the only and i'm not as big of a deal i don't really think about that as much but it, there is a point where you're like yeah i don't want my daughter to so hey his way boss was showing yeah i get it it's fair yeah. but, you, but there's not but there's also not a ton of that there's not a ton and there's not like Here. i think it pushed it farther than most marvel movies do because i think the difference is this is what i said. yeah Iron Man curses. Thor and Batman Captain America don't. Yeah. Clint Barton very rarely will drop something. So yeah. you have like because it's a group. So the fact that like everybody in his family was cursing was kind of yeah. a little weird. And it wasn't well, just all... shit, but it was like, you know, GD and this. You're just like, okay, okay. I get it, but it was just like Age of 13, go nuts. But also I will say, like, of the recent DC flair that has come to theaters, I think, you know. 
Shazam 2 notwithstanding, this is probably the most family-friendly uh, uh, movie DC has put out in a bit. When yeah. you oh definitely between between Black Adam, the Suicide Squad, the Snyder Cut, and BVS, and 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 the Flash. I mean, you know, even Wonder Woman eighty four. It's like DC has been like I know it's a joke, but DC movies have been known for being a bit bleaker, and there's nothing wrong with that because Marvel movies are the exact opposite. Um, this was this this was a DC movie that felt like. Are we sure this isn't a Marvel movie? Yeah, we're sure definitely. Okay, not judging. It's just okay. Good for DC. All right. Um, I just man, yeah. They 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 knew what they I I I want to say they knew what they were doing when they decided to put this movie in theaters instead of on Max. That the, the time will tell as far as the box office goes. Um, Bro, but it, Elemental slowly has become a profitable movie. I know. If that and can do I, it, this could do it. I know. And I just I but I you know, and I also understand this movie has a lot of things working against it as far as financial success goes. We're in the middle of two very massive strikes. There was a massive hurricane going on in California over off the coast of California at the time, which the area it was hitting had a very heavy uh has a very heavy Hispanic population. So I'm sure a lot of those families that would have gone to see this probably couldn't. Um, plus they got they got they got hit with an earthquake in the middle of a hurricane. Yeah. At that, at that point you move. You're like yeah. clearly I shouldn't be living here. <laughs> um yeah. uh but so there's a lot and also but also again when you look at the when you look at this year. When you look at everything that's come out this year. Yeah. We had we had Black Adam, Shazam 2 and The Flash. Yeah. So or no, I'm sorry. Shazam was last year, wasn't it? Or no, Black, Adam. Black Adam was last year. Shazam 2 is this year. Flash but, but is still. This year. Yeah, there's a plenty of to go why people aren't happy. Yeah, because he, people were not were not big on Black Adam. They weren't big on Shazam, and they were mixed on The Flash for a lot of reasons. So, so unfortunately, Blue Beetle's probably going to be a bit of a word-of-mouth sacrificial lamb where I'm hoping word-of-mouth travels enough that people go see this movie as far as it being a big financial success it's probably going to be the one that they'll be lucky to break even on uh because it had a it had a budget of only a hundred and a hundred and four million dollars which is which is i mean it's a lot of money but it's not much more than deadpool had um it's not a lot for a comic book movie it's not a lot for a comic book movie especially one that is on its grandest because there are some locations they shot on for this thing um and for how good it looks so i'll be really curious but i'm hoping the word of mouth on this one is good enough that it sees a big return on you know as far as people who watch it on repeat on streaming but also like with whatever dc movie comes next as long as it's good i hope we see a continued rise a continued increase in how successful and well received these movies are as we you know, now we're now now is the time. Now we're getting into that time where James Gunn is going to have to start putting up or shutting up. Yeah. And know? speaking of James Gunn, he also was not credited for his writing on Avengers Endgame. So just because you do it doesn't mean you're credited. No, but he had, no, but that's where that's where well, that's that's where producer credits come in. He's not listed as a producer either at all. He's not listed on, well, Endgame? on Endgame. Really? Uh, well, really? I looked everywhere. He's not listed. I'll check again. My point we're, is we're doing this on the show. We're not ending the show until we get to the bottom of I'm this. I'm just saying, like, he is not listed according to IMDb. He was not listed under writers, which is the big thing that it is they that the Russos are very open about. He came in and rewrote the scenes for the the Gardens of the Galaxy. It must not have been enough then. Maybe, well, you know, that's something I didn't take into account. Maybe it just wasn't enough to get credit because that's what happened to, to, um, you are uh, right. He is one of 15 producers on the move. I was going to say, I know I saw his name pop up in the credits. Okay. I'm not crazy. Okay. Yeah. That's probably what that that's, that's like an Edward Norton, incredible Hulk situation where it's like, he did, he didn't, he didn't write enough to be credited as a writer. Well, and all those directors. For, I mean, John Five Rose listed as executive producer. He's been listed on. He's been listed yeah. as a as a producer since Iron Man, since so, the first Iron my Man. My point is, anyway, anyway, all that to say, movie's great. Would be surprised if he was a part of it. 
It probably wasn't, but we'll have to see. And um, yeah, in terms, in, just in terms of timing, I don't think he was. Uh, I, I just, I feel like probably not. But suffice to say, we've only got one other movie left in the can from the old guard, and that's Aquaman two, which I still don't think is ever actually coming out. So I'm leaning more towards that now. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we're 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 running out of we're running out of 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 excuses for James Gunn had nothing to do with this. Now it's going to start getting into okay, James. Now everything's on you. Um, but Blue Beetle rocks. If you have not seen it, I I highly encourage you check it out. Uh, if you have seen it, see it again. It's a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it again. And it just it it this this was a much needed shot of hope for DC films. Yes. Uh, uh, that I very much needed. Yes, and I'm I'm hoping that this does. I hope it gets legs. I hope we see, we see more of this guy. He deserves it. And um, I'm excited to see what happens. Me too. And so that is going to do it uh, for us this week on We Are the Batman. As always, we'd love to know what you guys think. So make sure you let us know over on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week. Who knows? Uh, you can find us there at We Are the Batman. You can find me on there at Mr. Mike Shea. You can find me there as Mr. J Ninja. That is going to do it this week for We Are Batman. We'll see you guys again next time. Same bat time, same bat podcast channel. Bye-bye.